Okay. Yep. She's on the move. Yep. We're heading to the lift now on the 31st floor. Yep. We're going to be coming to the back door at the east end of the building. Make sure the car is waiting in the alleyway with the side door open and a glass of champagne and a line of... Sorry, that's my security detail, Mike. His name's probably not actually Mike, but that's the name I've been given. Okay, Jenny. Mm -hmm. Now this episode looks at role play. It's like being back in the suburbs and back in the 70s. Back in the 70s. Fondue. Unless... We can pull this off. Because I reckon, I know because we've been doing it, Yeah. that we have come up with some ways that you can role play that are more like fully immersive, high wire improv challenge. So we are going to be introducing you to some of our characters. And maybe the odd scenario, like the time I got waterboarded by yogurt, which is what the English call yogurt. Yeah. And to be honest, this episode could go either way. Yeah, who do you think it's going to go worse for? Who do you think's putting their neck on the line the most? I think you've put your neck out a bit more than me because I built a contraption where your neck was was Com- well. Let's not give let's not, extended. Let, let's not give it away. Let's not give it away, shall we? This is your warning now. If you know us, or if you don't want to know us, not to listen any further. Any family or friends, this episode is not for you. And this, and we'll go- no. And we'll know. We'll definitely we'll know. Agree. But this this episode, in all seriousness, I think the show could get cancelled after this episode. <laughs> by who? By us? <laughs> yeah, by us. We don't want to do this anymore. There's all sorts of things that go on behind closed doors, but this is our argument that role play doesn't need to be behind closed doors, at least at the beginning. In fact, if you kick things off in public, you're forced to really go the extra mile. Not get naff. Not get. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Do come in. Oh, you have a plumbing problem, do you? <laughs> and once one person starts being naff, it's quite contagious. So if you actually meet in public in a character, then it forces you to really embody that character or look like a fucking idiot. And I don't know if it's in the episode where you left me in character. It is, so oh, shut up. Sorry. Okay, I won't Jesus spoil that. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so... We'll start off with one of your most memorable moments. This is the last time you'll hear from us, by the way. It's been great. It's been really fun doing this podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. But also join us next week. But join us next week. You're listening to Spirit Levels. It's the podcast that pressure tests the wellness industry. I'm actor-filmmaker Frank McGree, and every Tuesday with my partner, journalist Jenny Volantish, we'll immerse ourselves in wellness practices from the pseudo to the sensible, and we'll thrash out the benefits. I was sitting in the hotel bar of a famous Melbourne casino complex. And I was wearing a long black leather pencil skirt, a translucent top, and heels. I was sitting there on my own, nursing a martini, when I saw a figure striding out of my peripheral vision. And I I looked up, and I saw Frank in what I assumed was a sea captain's uniform. And he was 
striding at pace across the lobby of the hotel. And there was a singer, you know, as these hotels have, there's often a pianist and then a torch singer. And she too tracked him as he walked past her. Oh, she definitely gave me a nod of respect. Thank you for your service. <laughs> and at this point, I was doubled up, trying not to laugh, because I didn't want to ruin this moment. So anyway, he reaches the hotel bar, and he pulls out his phone, and he's doing that thing of looking at his phone, but then looking up at you, looking down, looking up at you. And, um, you know, and your stomach's about to explode with, with laughter, and you're just, like, winching it in. Anyway, he calls over the bartender and out of the corner of my eye, I saw him gesturing to me and I thought, oh, no, don't stitch me up. (laughs) (laughs) The bartender came over and she said, hello, gentleman over there, I'd like to buy you a drink. And I was like, I'm not going to leave him hanging. So I said, yeah, 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 okay. And she looked really startled and then she went off to get the drink. And then when the drink arrived, you know, Frank gestured at me or Clint as it turned out his name was and you know would you like to go to a booth and so we went off all eyes on us and sat in the corner of the bar which was quite awkward for me (laughs) (laughs) what happens when you uh, asked her to send me a drink I said to her could you please go and ask that girl what she would like and she said but her glass is full and I said just do it please (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely dressed like the sort of woman who might be there waiting for this sort of opportunity to occur. Yeah, and I wasn't so much a sea captain, I was actually a Navy officer. Oh, pardon me. Yeah. I remember the staff were quite startled at the speed of which this was escalating. (laughs) In about maybe another two minutes' time, my ham was on your leg and we were pashing in the corner. (laughs) And then probably three or four minutes later, I was asking for the bill and we were leaving together. <laughs> but I do remember we we did have a genuine conversation. For, it wasn't two minutes. I reckon for about a good 20 minutes, we no, did yeah, talk was. as though you indeed had come in to dock. Yeah, I'd been in the uh, South Seas because of the China tension with Taiwan. That's still happening. We've got to go back there on, in April. <laughs> it's quite hard to walk around in a military outfit, but you do take on this presence. I walked into an op shop just to try and find an outfit for this evening, and there it was sitting on a mannequin. And I went, oh, my God, if only that fits me. And it fitted me perfectly. But I'm not to me, it's a 1980s officer's uniform I remember coming down in the lift and there were two men in the lift. Imagine if they went, it's 1980s. And I don't know if it's against the law to be uh, impersonating a naval officer. Well, not from 1980. (laughs) (laughs) Our role play started a lot more organically than this five-star officer and a gentleman scenario. Right from the start of our relationship, Frank would often slip into different characters as we were talking in the car or wherever, and I started getting more confident at ad-libbing. But as soon as we started trying moving into a sexual scenario, we'd slip into stupid carry-on film kind of voices. So we decided we'd always start a scenario in public, 
Like when Jenny, who was going to a boring marketing convention in town, had a chance meeting with Father Francis in a bland hotel restaurant. That one nearly went tits up immediately, because when I saw Frank walk in dressed as a priest, I choked on my drink and I was coughing for ages. It's not illegal to impersonate a priest, I checked, but it probably wouldn't go down too well if you were suspected of doing so. It is a federal crime to falsely claim to be a returned sailor, even if you'd clearly been in some time warp and had been spat out of the 80s. But even if you're in civilian wear, this has got the potential to be really embarrassing if you don't fully commit. So that's where knowing the rules of improvisation comes in handy. I actually broke one of the rules when I was talking to Captain Clint, the Navy officer, in that bar because I kept catching him out. So I remember asking you what kind of what kind of ship you have. Yeah, and that was the only point where I stumbled because I said big ship with big guns. <laughs> <laughs> and you broke character for a second. I was like, do you mean artillery, anti-aircraft <laughs> artillery? Or... That's known as blocking. And I mean, if anyone was listening, they'd immediately be on to us. So that defeats the point. You also have to be very present with improv. You can't plan a few steps ahead and think about what your character is going to do, tempting as it is, because you're completely dependent on your partner and what they do. We actually went on a short improv course to improve our skills. It was put on by a comedy troupe in Melbourne, but, you know, sometimes people go to these things to improve their off-the-cuff social skills. It's great for making you more confident with small talk. And corporates sometimes send their staff to these things to learn the art of collaboration. Frank and I decided to add an extra layer to proceedings by pretending we didn't know each other. Initially, we were thinking of doing a whole six-week course, and we thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, as well as doing all the exercises we appeared to gradually fall in love over the duration of it. But then we decided to just do a one-day, and we agreed that Frank might end up looking like a bit of a creep if we just started making eyes at each other. In the event, though, it was me who looked like a creep, because we were randomly paired together at one point, and Frank addressed me as Mother Superior, and so, of course, I had to become Mother Superior. And he got on his knees, which is fine, and I went to bless him, but my hand instinctively stroked his hair and down his face. I mean, it wasn't commented on, but I'm sure the facilitator was mentally running through the company's code of conduct. We've amused ourselves over the course of our relationship by coming up with an A to Z of characters yet to do. But here are some characters we have actually done. What are you doing? I'm trying to make my own business. Marcel pops up from time to time. He's a sweaty Parisian who developed instantaneously when I explained to Frank what frottage was, the sexual kick of rubbing up against people in public. So along came Marcel, who blatantly bucks himself against me while protesting. What are you doing? What are you pushing yourself up against me like this? Get off my penis, you stupid woman! What are you doing? He actually doesn't get much action, Marcel. It's hard to take him seriously. The polar opposite to Marcel is Xavier and Masseur. Let's check your alignment. I see him at least twice a week, and we've totted up that I must owe him about 12 grand by now. Oh my god. Have you been working out? You have, haven't you? He's genuinely really good. Frank's paid tons of attention during the sports massages he gets, as well as relaxation massages. And I swear to god, he's actually become better than most professionals. Let me check you. I'm sensing a bit of tension going on. How's the relationship going with Frank? Mm, I see. 
Over time, Xavier's accumulated lots of paraphernalia. A few different sarongs, beads, headscarf, incense, a singing bowl, and whatever these are. Equally benevolent is Hal, from 2001. Hi Jenny, how are you? You're looking quite stressed. Is there anything I can help you with, Jenny? He's a bit of an ingenue. What are you doing, Jenny? I'm afraid I'm going to have to report you, Jenny. Then there's my security detail. Yep. Yep. She's coming down the lift now. Yep, we're going to be coming through the foyer. If you could bring the car around the front, that'd be great. He'll run alongside my car, speaking into his earpiece. Or just escort me through a crowd. Or down the elevator. Yep. Okay, clear the people now. She's coming through. And then if we're off somewhere, you know, interstate or something like that, Frank will turn into this guy. Red flag guy. Yeah, I don't know why that credit card didn't work. Oh, look, I mean, my PA's transferring cash from one credit card to the other. I can't keep up with her. Look, I'm going to have to get a new PA, I think. I mean, she's she's stuffed up the flights. She's booked us on Jetstar, which is... And I'm really apologise about that. Yeah, well, hopefully the chauffeur's there at the other end, but who knows with her. We forgot to mention something pretty key. Props. No, not handcuffs. Frank's got some pretty mad carpentry skills. He built me the most spectacular prop once after I sent him a video of a woman in stocks. Not like village stocks. Oh, let's throw a cabbage. I mean, she was lying prone. So I sent that around 9am. By midday, he'd sent me a photo of the main contraption that he'd immediately set to building in his workshop. Well, it's quite impressive. It's a bench press that's got a whole stock unit at one end that locks off and has an old padlock. The head hole is lined in leather. There's also bolts, big old rusty old bolts that don't serve any purpose other than the look. The legs go up into these metal stirrups that also tie off with old belts. There's this welded metal, but they're very smooth for the calf muscles to sit in. For people at home, on the website, we'll be doing a how-to seminar on how to make stocks. I mean, I should have known better at this point, but a few days later, I sent Frank another video, which just inspired him to up the ante. (laughs) Don't don't throw this on me. I thought, as a treat, I would surprise her with a gangbang in the stocks. And so I thought, I thought long and hard about this and I thought, okay, well, how am I going to do this? I need a whole lot of big, like, horse syringes. And the only place I could think of... Because just to be clear, it was only going to be you. <laughs> it was just going to be me. And so I thought, okay, I'll go to the local vet and I'll just say I need, you know, eight horse syringes. But on the way to the vet, I was thinking, well, how am I going to do all these voices? And so... I went, oh, well, gay porn, perfect. There's all these guys' voices. And so, great. So on the way there, I'm clicking on this gay porn. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. And so then I'm in the vets, and I asked the woman if she has any horse syringes. And she says, oh, just look out the back. And there's a few people with their dogs and cats in the waiting room. And so I take a few steps back just to wait for this woman And I go to check my phone, and I open my phone, and the first thing I open up is this full gay orgy. 
and I'm trying to close it, but I don't close it very quickly. <laughs> and this whole waiting room is like, what the hell? And then this woman goes, yep, yep, we've got eight more syringes. <laughs> but I get vanilla bean yogurt because I think that's the best flavor. So I filled these syringes and I warm them in the oven and then I put you in the stocks. Well, uh, do you remember I was actually teaching on Zoom? And so by the time I'd finished, because it ran over, your, your yogurt had got quite cold. But I didn't know this. It got quite cold. I thought it was still at a nice temperature. <laughs> and then I started. Straight and, from Zoom teaching, I'm put into stocks. And a blindfold. <laughs> and then off goes the gay porn. And then the and whole. I can hear this scurrying around the room like he's, he's scurrying from one end to the other. And I'm getting squirted with something cold. But yummy. Vanilla bean yogurt. <laughs> when he comes up to the head end and he's just squirting me like a grand finale. But because my head's tilted right back and he's put a blindfold on, it somehow like the blindfold slipped a bit and I started to get waterboarded <laughs> by yogurt. <laughs> the whole time I'm thinking, oh, bless him. Bless him. <laughs> bless him for the effort. <laughs> And she didn't know what I'd gone through to get to this point, to be humiliated in a vet's clinic. In your small town. And we've never done that again. (laughs) Okay, so for this episode, we thought it would be nice to rope some friends in and get them to choose our outfits for a Valentine's Day date at a Japanese restaurant in Bendigo. They're not coming with us, but we thought, you know, dress us. So we chose Jan and Steve. They're a couple in their 70s who are really good friends of ours. And they still say they're in the pink haze stage of love. And they are. You can you can see it. So in other words, they've never lost that honeymoon period. All right, so we're ready to get our characters. Frank and I take turns to go to Salvo's, which is the Salvation Army's op shop or charity shop or thrift store, depending on where you're from. He's with Steve. And I'm with Jan. Steve. Okay, here we go. I'm thinking somebody with a sort of an obsession, never been anywhere, still lives with his mum. Still lives with his mum. I'm going to be this guy. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking you could be a numismatist. I love that word. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So what do you think? Hmm? Okay. I don't. I, I can't. I can't have an opinion. Okay. Does it fit you though? I'll be nice nice and tight on you, that'll be good. You okay. got a nice cardigan over the top? Well, that's what I was thinking, they're right here. <laughs> what sort of outfits did Jan wear when you were young? Um, varied from uh, from jeans and, and 1940s broad-shouldered jackets, looking very strong and, and uh, elegant. And then sometimes she'd put on a slinky fashion number. Oh. That hugged every curve, lit my lights. <laughs> and I'll follow you down to the dressing room, wherever it might be. Hi guys, we can change Up the front, on your left. Thank you. Come on, I'm waiting for the big reveal. <laughs> Fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm happy with that. That is, that is so outrageous. <laughs> All right, so obviously I haven't seen this yet, but for your benefit, Frank is now wearing a Mickey Mouse T-shirt 
a grey waistcoat over the top. Uh, some weird kind of slacks, I guess you'd say, but with a crease ironed down the front. And some really, really ugly old man shoes. And just for extra effect, Steve's given him a tote bag to sling across his torso. What's his name? Oh, he's definitely called Kelvin. Kelvin. <laughs> now I've got to embody Kelvin. Yes, that's right. That's right. Try and bring a 1924 American dollar into the conversation somewhere. Okay, noted. So now it's my turn, and I've got Jan on FaceTime, and I'm showing her a few racks. She wants long dresses, so that narrows it down a bit. Definitely below the knee. She bypasses a nice slinky number and eventually settles on... Well, it's it's kind of psychedelic, I suppose, but not in a good way. It's It's really bright, it's very long, and I suspect I'm going to look like a walking tent. So I bring it back to Jan and Steve so she can look at it properly and develop me a character. Hello, we're back. Hello. To show you what we got. So we've got the psychedelic but still frumpy dress. Yeah. The person that I see you as is somebody who maybe kind of, you know, feels that life is passing her by and she's getting a bit older now. She's unsure of herself. She doesn't doesn't want to, like, appear brazen Mm. with short clothes and stuff like that in case the guy that she's meeting... Think she's uh, yeah. I think you probably brought up in the country a bit. Okay. And um, what? How do you feel about that? Well, I'm not sure what to do about the fact that I've got visible tattoos. Yeah. Well, you could say you 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 uh, went off the rails a bit, like when you were younger. Yeah. But you know, you decided that that wasn't the way for you, and got these tattoos and things, and now. Regret it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at one point I did move to Melbourne. And I had a bit of a life there. But yeah. Because you got a bit, you that. got a bit, uh, you know, overwhelmed yeah. and by it all. Decided that, she, yeah. I've had a breakdown, have I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have. Yes. Um, and, and so, what's her name? Felicity. <laughs> We've already had a Felicity. Oh, have you? All oh, right. <laughs> Darlene. Darlene? Alright, it's a country name. Yeah. Alright, what's my job? Teaching assistant in the, in the school in Mildura. Alright. Anything else? No, I reckon that's enough to go on. You need a bit of, you know, leeway. Yeah, of course. Okay. Alright, so we're here in town. We drove here together as Jenny and Frank, but now Frank's gone to the restaurant where he's going to transform into Kelvin in the toilets, kind of like a reverse Superman. I'm going to have to get changed in the car, so I've got this slinky dress on, which unfortunately I then have to pull the two-man tent Jan has given me over the top. And I'm pairing that with cowboy boots because Darlene's, you know, kind of like quirky dag. And then, after giving Frank a 10-minute head start, I'm going to walk into that Japanese restaurant and see what he's got for me. Maybe some, um, some gyoza to start with. Is that okay? Brown or the vegetable? It's a vegetable gyoza. Your profile didn't say much about you. Um, well, 
I'm a owned a uh, collectors collectible store, mainly seventies and eighties and nineties. What records? Or? No, it was more um, like old coins and like a like an old video cameras. I did wonder what that video camera was doing. Yeah, I kind of like to also uh, sort of capture everything. That's so nineties. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you may have noticed at this point that I don't have a Mildura accent or even an Australian accent and that's because you do have to work to your limitations and for me to try and do that would be really distracting. Anyway, Kelvin goes on to tell me that he lives with his mum as a full-time carer and he's never left Australia. So I collect rare coins from different countries that I'd like to go to. So that's a... It's a Russian... There's Thai. That's so interesting. Yeah, and I'm. I have a 1948 American Buffalo, but that's in that's in a like a frame. What do you mean? Well, that's a very famous coin. Um, they did a play about it, yeah. a David Hammond play called the American Buffalo. About a coin. Yeah. Wow. I am so not attracted to Frank right now. This guy, Kelvin, is absolutely ruining Frank's face for me. Anyway, I tell him I'm a teacher's assistant in Mildura. I mean, I was living in Melbourne and I don't know, it was, it's not like I was driven out of town. But, what do you mean? I mean, it was... By the rent prices, do you mean? Well, partly, but also, I mean, I spent... I spent quite a lot of time at... Do you know Revolver? No. Oh, Is it like a Western club? No, no, it's just like a dance club. Things got a bit hectic. <laughs> right. And then, because he bored me about his coin collection all through the Edamame, I droned on for a bit about my love of patchwork. Patchwork cushions. Patchwork curtains. Really? Patchwork waistcoats. The portions here are quite small, a lot smaller than they look on the menu, and it's forcing us to keep ordering more food, which pains me because I actually don't want to spend any more time with Kelvin. But I have to, so we have a bit more chat. Kelvin likes to go 10-pin bowling with his friend Brian. Brian is also very boring. And Darlene has a python that she keeps in a, a massive aquarium and feeds frozen mice. I've got a lot of military outfits all different eras. Is that why you were standing in front of a jeep? Because I assume the jeep was yours. No. No, that was not my jeep. That's you not even Brian's. Do the jeep you were leaning on? Oh, that was in front of a jeep dealership. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that was your fish? Yeah. 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 It's funny how the kind of the assumptions we make I know. based on the photos we see on a profile, isn't it? Kelvin starts to get sombre when talking about his parents. He says his mum had postnatal depression after he was born, and it lasted till he was 12. His dad's dead. The irony of dad's death was that he was into saddles. Yeah. And he'd never ridden a horse. Yeah. And someone was carrying a horse on a trailer. Yeah. And the trailer unhitched in front of his car. Is the horse okay? No, the horse had to be put down. Oh, no. Yeah. My dad died also. Oh, God. 
Yeah. Um, if you like, I can drop you back. Sure, that'd be good. Mm. Well, yeah, Dad was a Calvinist. <laughs> well, I know you'll be home once I come back again. I'm pooped after a long week's improvising. Yeah, me too. Starting with Jan and Steve's debacle. Stitch up. Stitch up. We were stitched up. Yeah. Because you have an expectation after these dates that things are going to get pretty hot and steamy. Mm. But as soon as I walked in and saw Kelvin, I knew that wasn't going to be the case. And it wasn't even the outfit, it was your facial expression, which was, <laughs> I, I could describe it as slack. <laughs> <laughs> Well, patchwork's a big soft on. <laughs> I think we did well. I think we kept in stayed in character. You broke character a few times. But that's part of it. It's fun. Yeah. And it's play. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, and I think, you know, maybe people would still balk at the idea of doing full-on role-play, but if you strip it down to the essence of it, it's all about play. To just have a relationship where you can have banter and your own kind of rhythm of of joking. Yeah, and you have a big laugh about it later, and that's part of it, is you're creating history. Which yeah, is good. you're creating a legacy of, of your relationship. Yeah, and you're also creating sort of characters when one of you gets dementia that the other one can bring in at will. You're talking about me, aren't you? I'm talking about you. Yeah, so I think it would be wonderful to have maybe the security Security detail detail. because then he can tell me where I've left my hanky. After our disappointing date, we decided let's revert to a character we, we know and love. And so we went out about a week later and it was the return of Father Francis, but Father Francis Mark Two, because Father Francis Mark One was more of a tortured soul. Mm. This one was, um, well, a lot, a lot easier to persuade for a start. He was from the parish of St. Joe's in Kilkenny, and he'd had a tough life early. He didn't mind dropping a couple of F-bombs. Yeah. Yeah. He was quite keen to um, get across... You know, the, the wild lads he'd been when he was younger and the dealing and all this and that before he went to priest camp. Yeah, but we're failing to mention that you left me sitting there for an hour and a half. Yeah, and he's actually gone the extra hog and he had an Old Testament with you this time, which is quite ostentatious. And even though I booked the hotel we'd be staying in, I then forgot and went to the wrong hotel. And then you texted me and said, it's $44 for an Uber. I'm going to public transport it. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me, aren't you? I'm in a fucking bar as an Irish priest. <laughs> Reading the Old Testament. <laughs> Reading the Old Testament in front of people. An hour and a half he left me. Speaking in an Irish accent to the mm. barmaid, the barman and a few keep people going around. Keep Irish accent. What are you talking about, Jenny? Yeah, keep going. What do you want me to do? Well, I, do you want me to continue it outside of the booth? I do. You do? <laughs> you do? You do? Oh. It was picked for the fuck was that? That's Ricky Gervais back in there. 
But it was pitched higher than you normally speak as well, and it was. Uh, well, it's a very sing-song kind of accent, isn't it? Yeah. They always go up and down. You've been listening to Spirit Levels and you can meet some of these dubious characters we've mentioned on our Instagram account, which is Spirit Levels Podcast. And now here's Frank with our A to Z. Okay, here we go. AI robot, abductor, archaeologist, assassin, Avon lady, border force officer, bridesmaid, bush ranger, bank robber, clairvoyant, chambermaid. The dodgy doctor, the deck collector, driver instructor, dance teacher, estate agent, the embalmer, the Estonian model, florist, firefighter, fisherman, Freemason, flight attendant, gamekeeper, gynecologist, gardener, gigolo, hotel porter, hypnotherapist, hitchhiker, headmistress, impotent patient, <laughs> inappropriate masseuse, Judge, jockey, curb crawler, kidnapper, librarian, lifeguard, locksmith, mechanic, money lender, mercenary, Mormon, mortician, nun, navy officer, nanny, oracle, op shop lady, oyster farmer, paramedic, personal trainer, photographer, police officer, private eye, Quaker, Russian spy, Rasputin, Sculptor, shoplifter, Satanist, special forces, tour guide to get you lost, teacher, Uber driver, my favourite, ventriloquist, <laughs> Vietnam vet, the warden, waitress, window cleaner, pervert, wearing x-ray specs, <laughs> yoga teacher, young conservative, Zumba instructor. <laughs>